Hello and welcome to The Swim Brief. I'm Chris DeSantis. I am joined, as I frequently am, by the legend Joel Rawlings. Joel, how are you? I'm well, thanks. Good to see you, Chris. Yeah, good to see you too. Um, so I wanted to talk to you today. I'm, we're going to get right into it. Um, I sent you an article, uh, a Swim Slam article, that's all about the congressional hearings uh, that have taken place recently all around uh, amateur sports and, um, you know, particular interest to me as somebody who's actually attended a congressional hearing um, uh, concerning amateur sports. And uh, I, I just want to respond to one piece of it because uh, I saw something in this article that's, I think a little bit different piece of the conversation than necessarily the one I've seen been seen discussed at the top level. Um, in the intro to this article um, that's titled CSUSOP hearing calls, uh, sorry, uh, hearing sees call for U.S. government funding of Olympic sports. Uh, Tom Ferry, who I'm trying to figure out whether he actually authored a chapter of the Ted Stevens Amateur Sports Act, but you know that that's at least what it says in this article. Um, it says he's quote found a failure of sports governance. Because um, the Ted Stevens Amateur Sports Act, for those people who don't know, that's basically the the piece of law at the um, national uh, governmental level in the United States that dictates how um, national governing bodies like USA Swimming operate. And um, I've talked uh, in in. in in a long time past, I've talked a lot about the Ted Stevens Amateur Sports Act um, and it, pointing to a similar failure. And that is really the idea around the Ted Stevens Amateur Sports Act was that we felt like we were getting our butts kicked by the Soviets um, in too many sports at the Olympics. And we needed to match them with some kind of um, greater organization so that we could win more medals at the Olympics. So the foundation of a lot of these organizations that you see uh, managing sports at the top level, USA Swimming being one of them was, let's find a way to win the most medals possible. And I think the brick wall that um, Tom Ferry is responding to here, and I've pointed out as well, is now you're coming up against um, this existential crisis for youth sports in the United States because the Ted Stevens Amateur Sports Act just kind of assumed that, you know, um, mom and pop sports clubs would be there to funnel athletes up uh, into these organizations. And then the organizations could sort of put the finishing touches on it. Um, they've seen explosive growth in the money coming into them in terms of sponsorship and everything else around the Olympic movement. But the grassroots of all these sports are really struggling. Um, so I guess that's the premise that that I take from this article. And I just want to give you a chance to respond generally off the top um, uh, to, you know, the, the, the sports act and, and, and the, the conversation that's uh, that's starting around this stuff. Yeah. I think it's, there's a lot of interesting points in the article as far as like that, that can play out just not only just to swimming, but in general sport in America. And one of those thoughts was again, when you're, when you're looking at how do you, decide if someone's a good coach or not how do you know if they're doing something well or not 
And it's always outcome based rather than the process based where you're like, you know, you're looking at, well, you know, how many senior national qualifiers does this club produce? You know, so you look at the markers for like gold medal clubs or silver medal clubs, whatever that might be. Or like if you took like a football coach, for instance, and you just look at all you're going to go is like, well, their win loss record is who they are. That's all there is to it doesn't matter if they came into a good team or they didn't come into a team or in the case of youth sports, what are you actually trying to develop there? So a lot of these skills like on swimming or soccer or whatever are skills that you're hoping to see later on down the line as they're, you know, as they're a senior level athlete, you know, underwater dolphin kicks, uh, good turns, good solid foundational stuff that actually might slow them down a little bit for a while, but you know, in the long term, you're going to really do well with it. And so, Part of that then is is again it's like what what are the what are the criteria for success and and you see this all the time with like you know we go to medal count right away because well that becomes our marker for success if we have x amount of medals then we have this and then if you, anything after that people are like oh you're just making excuses if you don't have the most medals and then when you do have the most medals you're like well everything's fine then we don't, we don't have to right. change a single thing we're doing great and you know bonuses all around yeah. I mean, I think it gets to one of my central critiques of USA Swimming, which was, um, of course, if you measure on the basis of medals, um, USA Swimming is pretty much the greatest NGB to ever exist. I mean, yes, they're yeah. like, they're, they have been just crushing the competition, uh, the Olympic competition in swimming since their inception. Um, and uh, barring last year's world championship results, so we'll see what happens um, in Paris 2024, but that seems to continue unabated. Um, and it does lead to a lot of what you say, which is sort of like a, a, a false sense of confidence. That's sort of like, well, we're fulfilling our mandate. Therefore, everything we do must be the best, you know? And um, uh, I have always come at it from the angle that that's actually really, really dangerous thought. And I think we've seen that borne out in terms of, um, the way very specifically under the several USA swimming leaders abuse claims were handled. The idea was like, this is kind of a distraction We're we're great. And um, we'll just sweep this under the rug because nobody really cares that this stuff is happening. Um, and it, I, it, it has come back to bite them. It hasn't come back to bite them probably as hard as they deserved for the way that they behaved in my opinion, but it, it, it definitely enabled um, some of that. And I, I, I want to read you a quote that I see um, from Ferry in this article as well. It says, uh, a grassroots performance plan would include strategy and reporting verified by a third party on efforts to grow participation rates, to recruit youth from underrepresented populations, to improve coach quality, partner with schools, and to prevent all forms of abuse emotional, physical, and sexual. So I'm, it's clear to me how you would measure growth in participation rates, how you would measure recruiting youth from underrepresented populations. Very unclear to me how you're going to, and you point to this, how are you going to measure coach quality and prevention of abuse? Um, What do you think? (laughs) Yeah, you're absolutely right. I was actually having a, a talk with um, a, a guy that works at the university with me, and he's trying to put his, his daughter into a, into a program. And so he, he was looking at basically – Swimming like, program? 
yeah, swimming program. Who won the state meet? And like, well, uh, the, the, you know, I, I list off the, da- the names of the top three teams. He's like, so should we go out there? They'd probably be the best. He's like, well, I, I said, I don't know what you want out of, out of swimming. He said, for me, it's like, I want my kid to be around a bunch of other kids that are pretty nice people. They're, I don't right. have to drive 15 minutes or more to get him to practice and back every day. I want him to be around someone that's a good human being that's going to teach him good skills. And I said, in around eight or nine on the list is I want him to swim fast. I'd rather, there's a lot of technical things I'd rather develop, but more importantly are the things that, that we all strive for in, in sport. You know, he's a good person. He's around good people. Uh, he, he learns good skills. That, that's all I really right. want. And the guy's like, you know, I never thought of that. And it's, it's funny because, again, we're consumers and you have no idea what's what's in the product. You know, there's no side label uh, on, on each club of what really is the ingredient inside of the club. And I think part of what you're saying with the, the mom and pop organizations is I, I remember when I was in youth swimming, you know, summer leagues were, were a big deal. Um, each each town had its own little club program. And. That, that was kind of it. And so you'd have like little bus rides where you'd swim against one another club program. And it, from what I understand, because I asked about the history of this, was, was that along the way they were like, well, you've got these really good coaches that can't really make a living coaching. Uh, so on top of that is that you're going to have um, – uh, you, you're going to try to go, well, let's, let's merge clubs. And so like in 2000, you saw all of a sudden the gold medal clubs and things like that. You start merging the clubs into one big organization where th- they're going to have more money and things like that. And so now you've got the, that one coach kind of working with the, the top kids. So rather than developing a whole base, you know, you got your 10. And that's kind of like my model that I try to feed off of as far as a college coach is like, get those kids that are on the B relays, come over here and like, we'll give them more time because you know you're we need you and so, so you're going to kind of coach them right. up a little bit more and, and you see a lot of talent developed that way i just think again when we rely on numbers as as kind of one of the prime dictators of performance you know we, we rely on that for our times data database you know a times b everything's based off of numbers people that can perform this level uh you're you're coaching you're only going to have the top kids in your group and the people that are not in that group are not going to get the same amount of attention and so we're, we're kind of like we've taken the idea of well we keep dominating medals we have the population let's just kind of keep doing the idea of you know you got the dozen eggs throw it against the wall these two survive great let's keep on pushing forward with that uh and i'm not saying every club is like that but i think again when we're talking about generalities I think, you know, the U.S. clubs basically, you know, we go off of population. If, if, you, if I wanted to start a team somewhere, I would look at the biggest population area, the place that has, you know, the highest per capita income and access to pools. Those are the three things. You know, I'm not looking at anything else below that. And so when you're talking right. grassroots building up, you know, is that the, the best model? You know, you're going to make sure that you have enough kids coming in to pay, you know, to pay the bills you're not looking to develop every single kid yeah i mean i i i don't ask this like a smart ass question i mean i think it's actually really really hard to come up with any metrics to right. measure coach quality like it's such a subjective thing and i think it's you know where i've seen um uh like i i've talked a number of times on this podcast about my experience coaching in denmark which was definitely a country you know, we're just the federation was so much more local to everybody. It's, it's a small country. 
that I think they certainly tried to ensure a bit more like coach quality or give more direction on like the proper way to coach swimming. And I don't see that it really helped <laughs> in any uh, shape or form. Like I, I, that, that, um, that top down approach just, yep. I, I, I have not seen a model for it where it really, really works. And I, I guess I would challenge the premise of this, which is, you know, this guy is looking at NGB organizations like USA Swimming and going, well, so the, the problem with them is that their mandate has become all about winning medals. Um, we haven't had a mandate. So let's like reform them uh, to, you know, kind of like bolt on a piece where they encourage the sport at the grassroots. I'm not sure that's possible. I mean, like, I'm not sure that you can make that change down the line. I, I have always thought, and I know this is a painful solution, but I always thought that if, if you really want to say that as a goal, first you have to say to yourself, that's more important to us than winning medals culturally. Like we, we, this is actually more important. And then you rebuild the organizations from the ground up with that as a focus. You know, you don't, try to take this organization, this freight train that's been going for 45 years and like, you know, attach a grassroots piece on it. I just don't think it's going to work. Yeah. I think one of the things too is interesting is um, obviously like, like, like we keep saying, like how, how do you quantify what is kind of the unquantifiable, you know, the, 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 you know, all these subjective measures where you're like, you know, the, the, you know, the users, you know, like, we really enjoy swimming here. Like, well, yeah, you're been on one club. So the sample size is one of one, you know, it's like, so that's appreciative. Right. Um, but, but also if you're only looking at the outcome of the medals at the end, again, not always a great measure as well. And I think it kind of goes back to the organizing body and just from the outside looking in now, cause I haven't been part of USA swimming for a long time is, is you, you start to think like, what, what all are you supposed to be doing? You know, I, I see all these like new parts to USA Swimming that keep coming up when it's like, why, why don't we just like streamline this and like, um, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to help us become better coaches? Are you supposed to help teams get more people into the sport? Are you just helping the Olympians? Oh, we're going to do all of it. It's like, well, again, it becomes one of those things where the, the bureaucracy ends up kind of running the show, you know, where there's just yeah. so many layers of middle management where, where again, it, it's like, it's really hard to start to make any changes, especially if you want to like, again, go back to the grassroots or go to the, the top level as, you know, the middle managers are going to be like, kind of, well, this is what we do. You know, no one's looking to add more work. They've got enough paperwork and that's what it all becomes is paperwork feeding paperwork, it seems like. And again, this is just outside looking in and probably a little bit cynical, but um, to elicit those changes, they, they have to really start to look at, you know, what the mission is. And I remember part of it was always to build the base. Like, well, then what are you doing for education with that? Again, right. you know, they've, they've got all these things where, you know, you're teaching how to run a business, how you run this, how you run that. It's like, well, how about you teach people about exercise physiology? How about you teach people about ethics, about like, you know, proper boundaries and, uh, you know, all the basic things that you would take in an educational course Maybe that's something they could have done. But but again, it's just like, let's let's get travel money. Let's get pretty good swag. Let's have all these meets to kind of run off to. Uh, again, it's like, is there a progression to that even? You know, like, um, 
So again, when we're taking care of that top 1%, what I've seen at the local level is a lot of times like, well, those kids really don't need as much to, to keep them on track. You know, the, right. they, they've got all those skills. It's like, how do we get more of the 10% to get up to the 5% to get up to the 1% and then below that level? And so creating those stepping stones, creating those those progressions that um, that would at least kind of help us along with the idea of like what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Maybe like reaching out to those programs that are getting like looking at the population base, you've got 20,000 people in your town and 200 of them are swimming. You know, what are you guys doing right? You know, and, and that that's the thing. And start to identify, is it access to pools? Is it just good coaches? Is it, you know, really well-paid uh, assistance and things like that? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just thinking out loud as you're running through that. I mean, I think that the, the, the way to do this, um, at least to start doing this, would be um, you'd have to sit down as, as you did um, and actually decide like, what are the values going to be of a youth sports organization? What are we trying to accomplish? If it's not medals, what is it? What are we trying to accomplish? And maybe they're a little bit squishy. Maybe they're a little bit subjective, but you know, social science exists. We can, we can measure squishy subjective things, but right now we're not even trying to define what those things are on a, on a high level. And we're not measuring them. We're not trying to figure out like USA swimming, as far as I can tell, is not trying to measure anything but performance. And so like, you're right. I think that the, the swim clubs end up uh, getting funneled almost into a scaled down version of USA swimming, right? Where it's right. like, yeah, let's have the, let's have the coach and he's going to coach the best kids. And it's sort of like, well, he's coaching the best kids. Then he must be the best coach and the stuff that he's doing must be the best. And various times people go like, you know, I don't really think this is the best. I actually think this is terrible. And they leave our sport, right? Or they leave and they go to another team and maybe it's the same, maybe it's different. I don't know. But um, right now it strikes me, we, we don't really know what's going on there. And I do think, on the other end, like you can see that the numbers are hurting in terms of um, involvement and that is eventually going to choke off the metal piece of it. So maybe that will get people motivated um, to go in a different direction that, you know, we can only double down on this like metals above all else approach. Um, but you're right. I mean, with USA Swimming, and and it's been a long time since I've gotten on here and complained about USA Swimming, but I I think about it a lot, and I, I think about how to make my critiques more constructive. And here, here's what I will say. I mean, like, for instance, the person who really is in charge of the grassroots level, like the, the highest level executive um, responsible for grassroots level swimming in the United States is um, somebody I consider a friend, Joel Schinefeld. Um, somebody who many people have a positive opinion of, although not as many as they used to, because I think he came into the job with, in USA Swimming with overwhelming positivity about him. But it's it's um, it's decreasing rapidly just through, I think, people's frustration with um, they don't feel like USA Swimming actually does anything positive for them and it makes it right. any uh, enables in any way or helps them in any way. It's just, it's just like a, a bureaucratic 
quagmire that they're funneling. They feel like they're funneling money up into, um, right. and they don't get anything back out of it. And, um, you know, I think that's evidence. I use that as evidence of just saying like, it's not about making the right changes to USA swimming. I mean, I think they hired probably one of the most qualified, best people they possibly could for a very important job. It doesn't seem to have moved the needle doesn't seem to have made the difference. So I'm not sure that any of these reforms that they're suggesting are also going to be the magic bullet that fixes this. Uh, my, my thought is, as you're talking, is also the idea that if, if the medal count is going to be the measure, okay, that this is what we're going to measure success upon, then could we also go with, okay, how many people do we have working at USA Swimming? How many did we have when we first started winning X amount of medals? And so basically, like, if, if you're going to use medals as the one count for excellence, then does more support staff equal more medals? Have we gotten more medals since it's become a bigger and bigger bureaucratic structure? And so then right. if the answer is no, then you're like, well, maybe there's something we need to look at there. Because right now we're, we're already looking at people like, well, if you're not winning, you're not going to get any helps or any subsidies, anything like that. And I think also as it becomes a bigger organization and you can just say, well, we won this many medals or we can go, we've got a youth movement going on in four more years, we'll win more medals. And so you can kind of always kind of either just bask in that glory or kick the can down the road without ever doing a self-analysis, you know, of going, what is Canada doing really well? What is Australia doing really well? What did Australia change this go around versus four years ago versus six years ago? What did Canada, we, we got enough money to start to do that. What are the other organizations doing? And then starting to go, well, maybe these are some things that we can do as well. Um, and, and rather than just arbitrarily assigning stuff. Um, you know, we say that the Soviet system was working because it was a system and everyone did the same thing. Or we're saying that Australians were doing well because they have access to oceans. Or so, you know, again, we'll, we'll always like throw out there some right. excuse. Oh, why they moved their like, trials. Now they moved their trials and they're, now they're as good as us. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. And so if it is, well, then, then quantify that, you know, quantify right. that and, and try to figure out, well, what, what can we take from there and retro design into our own? And, and again, I, I think we've, you know, we've talked for years about, you know, youth development, um, soccer starting to do that, you know, swimming started doing that. And it always ends up just being talk. You know, I've, I've never actually seen anything, but I think because again, when you're sitting on the top, you're like, well, why should we make any structural changes? We're doing fine. It's working fine. Structural changes would mean a lot of work. And also, as, right. you, as you see, anytime you make a change or you even say anything like that's out of the norm, uh, you know, right away, you're just you're, you're getting cast out. You know, it's like there's right. so much extra work that it's just like this isn't even worth it. I'm just going to do my thing with my group. I'm not going to try to do any more, you know. And so I, I think, that, again, the inertia to not do anything different is, is so strong <laughs> that it, it right. just kind of grinds up people like a Joel Schoenfeld at some point. It takes a lot of energy just to even push the needle a little bit. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know this directly. I speak with him very sporadically. Um, he does seem frustrated when I talk to him. Um, yeah. and, and he doesn't reference anything specific. Um, but... Here's my when you talk about um, NGBs and like, oh, let's like look back at, you know, how many people USA Swimming employed in at its inception um, yeah. and how many people it, it does now. I mean, I think our modern we, I can do even better is that if we look at our modern um, 
you know, modern example of a completely dysfunctional NGV. I would challenge anybody, come on here on this podcast and tell me that in the lead up to the 2021 or the 20, sorry, it's 2020 Olympics, but they were in 2021, 2021 um, uh, Olympics in Tokyo, um, that USA Gymnastics was a well-run functional <laughs> NGB. It was, it was like, it went through multiple directors, um, multiple like national team directors. Everything was like in chaos for the entire time up to it. U.S. women won six medals in gymnastics. Like, I don't know. I think that's pretty good. Um, I know that, you know, Simone Biles um, came in with really high expectations and uh, didn't win everything. And, and maybe somebody's going to dock their performance for that. But, like, I I don't think that they missed having a um, another high-paid middle-aged dude you know, sitting with the, with a executive director title going, I'm the head of USA gymnastics. Like I, I just don't think it moved the needle on whether they won six medals or five medals or seven medals at uh, the 2020 Olympics. It just didn't make a difference. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that this, this it's grown, it's just grown alongside um, and the performance has stayed largely the same. Um, but the, the money that has flown in, that's what's really changed. And it's like, it's kind of like a, a division one athletic uh, department. I mean, I can remember in my time at Georgia tech, like thinking um, I, I got to peek under the hood of the budget a little bit. I never, you know, made budgetary decisions, but like we'd be getting to the end of the year and it'd be like, well, we had X amount of dollars in our budget. We got to figure out a way to spend it because they're not going to give it to us again next year. We don't figure out how to spend it. Sometimes I think USA Swimming's like, you know, they, they have gotten so much more. And Chuck Wilgus was, was instrumental. My least favorite USA Swimming executive director was instrumental in bringing a lot more money into USA Swimming. But like, then you have to figure out what to spend it on. And mm -hmm. I think in many cases they've spent it on like, well, we'll get, we'll hire another person here in Colorado Springs that will be responsible for some arcane thing that nobody even knows about or ever feels like they experience whatsoever. And like, we just got to sustain that until, you know, somebody comes in from a higher authority and says like, wait, why are we spending, you know, X number of million dollars per year on staff in Colorado Springs? Like, is right. this making a difference? You know, I, I look at like the NCAA with also the SEC and B Big Ten becoming so big. That eventually, they they can just go. You know what? We don't need the NCAA. I mean, they're already kind yeah. of doing that. We're we're, we're right. fine. We're going to govern ourselves, and we'll let you know what we come up with. At some point, too, where you've got like Nation's Capital and all these other teams, they're so big. Like, yeah, you guys can do what you want to do. We're going to do this. And, you know, you see it at the micro level, too. Every every state has a team eventually that goes, you know what, the, team, the, the LSC is not running in the direction we want to run. We're going to go to these meets. We're going to hold these things as most important. And we're just going to do our thing. You know, at some point, you're like, maybe they start to realize they're kind of riding a tiger and they're not really sure how to get down from it. You know, it's it's one of those things where eventually, if, if the bigger clubs wanted to, and they kind of already could, just say, this is what we're going to do. Because so many times, you know, as club coaches, we used to always say, like, how come the entire Olympic staff is only college coaches? You know, how come right. all the college coaches are getting 
all the cruds for this and this and this. It's like, you know, that, that's, you know, the kids are supposed to be swimming fast there, you know, and so no one's ever going, could they be swimming faster there? Um, it's just, oh, well, they're doing great. Again, metal count. Um, there's just so many variables and no one's ever stopped to analyze those variables. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I can sense, sense that we're playing into a lot of people's uh, frustrations in listening to this. Um, I'm sure if you listen to this podcast for long enough, um, you probably have some criticisms of uh, USA Swimming or maybe even what we're discussing. Uh, that's my chance to plug swimbriefpodcast at gmail.com. You know, if you um, are listening to this and want to be a part of the conversation, we welcome uh, those submissions and it does uh, play a role in what we discussed, Joel and I here. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't also don't hold a lot of hope as somebody who attended, as I said off the top, a, a congressional hearing um, beforehand. You know, I think these things come and go. A bunch of people make big speeches and then you probably won't hear anything about reforming the Olympic movement again for, you know, another two or three years. Um, you might hear something, you know, people might hit the panic button if um, within USA swimming ranks, if Australia sort of has a similarly dominant performance over us um, in Paris, as they did here at the most recent world championships. But otherwise, um, I, I think probably the, my forecast uh, for the future is business as usual. Yeah. I mean, I mean really there is no, reason to make a change, you know, and, uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, when, when you, we have a pretty good size salary and you've got, got a good position. Why, why make the change? You're like, ah, you know, I kind of like it here. <laughs> why, why would I want to make things, you know, more yeah. difficult, more work, yeah. more things. Uh, and, and I think that's part of the problem with middle management too, is we've got a way to fill up our paperwork. It's like, you have, a, you have a way to spend all the money you have, you got a way to fill up your day kind of justifying your job too at a certain levels yeah. um, that everything is just becomes, well, that's, that's a lot more work. And then it becomes, right. well, if you can prove that, why don't you prove, you know, that this is the youth model is going, it was like, so good. So in 18 years, I'll be able to have my, my proof, right. you know, it, again, it's, there's, there's no money at, at the age group end. I think that's, that's kind of the whole, the whole overriding theme here is that, Basically, the, the reason that the clubs developed to be as big as they did was to funnel the money to the good coaches or the, the coaches that were perceived to be good. They'll work with the best athletes. The money isn't down to the, to the high school kid or the college freshman that's your age group coach or your novice level age group coach. Um, you know, obviously, there's some excellent, excellent age group coaches out there. But generally, the, the face of the organization is right. that person is making $15 an hour. You know, and, you know, she's just getting all the new kids and just trying to organize them and teach them how to read a pace clock. And, yeah. and so it, it's it is it's one of those that that becomes the place that, that you start with. And any club I've been to, it's the first place you look is because this is this is our future of the team. And so it needs to be 100 percent. You know, it has to, it has to be on the right right track. Yeah. And, and Tim Hinchy making, you know, ballpark a million dollars a year and every year that he works there from now on uh, he has a vested interest in not coming in, you know, to the board meeting and saying to everybody, USA swimming is totally broken and we need to fix it. Like, right, right. wait, you, you've been running it for years. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> like what it's broken now, 
You know, he never right. told us this before. Like, um, I just don't think. Yeah, that you have to keep on going. It. It, it's two percent broken. You have to right. keep on throwing out like it's it's only like that much off. It's just a little yeah. bit. We're so close to perfect, and here's what I need. Right, right, right. Um, well, I think we've talked that one all the way through. I appreciate your time, Joel. I appreciate uh, the Magic Five dot com slash the swim brief. Um, took a nice twenty five hundred yard swim with my Magic Five goggles this morning, um, and all my other master swimming gear uh, that's not sponsoring this podcast so um thank you to magic five thank you to everybody uh for listening thank you to joel for everything for existing um (laughs) and we'll talk to you again next week all right thanks bye-bye